Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the world of cannabis. Thank you all for joining us on this episode today. I'm really excited about this podcast. We have a special guest on and a close friend. His name is Tyler Hawk. He's uh, from the West Coast, but he grew up in uh, cannabis legal states. And then he made his way east, actually, a few years ago whenever we met and we uh, played hockey together. But what we really want to figure out in this episode is just like going to look at the disparity of uh, cannabis perspectives across the United States, but especially from the West to the East, and just different perspectives, quality of cannabis, law enforcement, things like that. It's funny, me and, me and Hawk have had some deep discussions about just the universe, God, life, uh, cryptocurrency, but we've never actually uh, t- had an in-depth conversation about cannabis, so that's what I'm really excited to talk about today. He lives in Cali right now, but he, uh, it dawned on me he grew up in another legal state. Colorado. So we're going to learn a little bit about Hawk and uh, just his perspective on cannabis today. Welcome to the show, Tyler Hawk. Thank you for joining us. Hey, how y'all doing? Happy to be here. Good stuff. Good stuff. So where did, did you grow up in, uh, in Colorado or just tell a little bit about, I guess, your past of, uh, growing up, where you grew up, things like that. Was it Colorado or was uh, it Cali? It, it was California. I, uh, I grew up in LA until I was 17, moved when I was 17 to go play hockey, but uh, I grew up in L.A. for 17 years, lived in Colorado for a couple years, and I live in Pennsylvania right now. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. So, it was... I, I forget when uh, when cannabis was legalized in California. Was it? Have, have you seen legal cannabis your whole life? Definitely medical. But when was a uh, recreational cannabis legalized in Cali? Do you do you recall just like growing up? I believe it was 2018 recreational. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. It's only been a couple years. Yeah, right, right, right. Have you uh when did I know obviously you're you're a, you're a cannabis user now, but when did you when did you start using cannabis? Do you recall when kind of the first time you used it? I'd say uh the first time I was probably 15, 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was it uh was it with your group of friends? Was it alone or kind of how that how that go? You yeah, do you recall? It was with a couple of buddies. All my all my buddies smoked before me, and I was just—I had to see what was good with it. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because I know, like out east, we're gonna get a little bit into that here in a in a little bit. But it, just growing up in the the dare programs, the just drug enforcement programs in school and stuff, it was cannabis was always tied in with it was tied in with uh, heroin, with cocaine, with crack, with all these all these schedule one or all these uh not schedule one because cannabis is, but all these just horrible debilitating drugs and it, it got such a stigma attached to it. Was it like that out out west? Do you recall? You know, it was it was the same exact way out here, and that's really why when I was growing up, I always thought the same thing because of all those dare programs and all that. I was always like, I'm not going to smoke weed, I'm not going to do any of this shit. And being in California, like kids are smoking grade A like weed by the time they hit 13, and so it's just like it's so prevalent here that. It was just so easy that I just got, like, hooked on it real quick. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's the thing, like, you almost – there's a – 
a lack of consistency from like what you see and or what you learn saying like school or the dare program about it compared to people that actually use cannabis obviously if you abuse anything it can be uh it can be have a negative effect on your life but you look like just different professional people that are are honestly very successful whether it's bill gates whether it's barack obama whether it's anyone they use canvas so that kind of made me think i'm like what's where's the the lack of truth and that's what really got got me to start this uh, podcast series the world of cannabis is to really break the stigma because there is such a negative stigma attached to the the cannabis plant in general and it's just it's been attached for so many years and it's just not right and it's slowly going the the correct direction as more facts are unveiled about it as people become more knowledgeable things like that but i think having somebody on from the the west like you it's it's a nice kind of different perspective changer to get a different look at the plant from from definitely from the east and into the west as well was there a disparity in just perspectives on cannabis whenever you made your way east to to play hockey compared to out west there yeah i think absolutely because um Everyone in L.A., like, no one really says nothing if you smoke weed or someone knows you smoke weed. But on the East Coast, it's kind of like there's, like, a more, like, heavier kind of drug vibe, like, that's attached to it. And so I feel like when I was on the East Coast playing hockey, I had to be a lot more careful. Not, like, I couldn't really talk to anyone about my usage. I just, like just weren't about my business but then growing up in LA I could smoke wherever I want like smoke with whoever I want no one's gonna bat an eye so it's completely different worlds yeah no that's that's interesting you say that how was like the because I know the there's I mean obviously uh PA is a medical marijuana marijuana state but this the law enforcement on it not as much in the past couple years but it's still it's still viewed it as a very kind of high-end drug if you i honestly don't even think it should be a called a drug i think especially for it should be called medicine for people who use it medicinally but how's the law enforcement uh in regards to just cannabis in general out in uh california you know it's uh it's really it's just it's it's as simple as hitting a vape or or smoking a cigarette like no police officer is really gonna do anything but um i feel like if you are a kid under 21, you might get in a little trouble there, but they won't even give you a ticket or nothing. Like the most they're going to do is just take your stash and have you be on your way. But I've been pulled over in a car with bongs and bowls lit, just smoked, blunts lit, and cops like totally know and everything. And like, they won't do anything. Like don't even say nothing about it. Like act like it's not even there. And, it's it's really like completely different worlds like absolutely completely different yeah right right that's amazing because i mean it's it's interesting because it's literally the same exact plant the same exact effect same exact everything except there's pretty much two two opposite extremes at least whenever you look at the perspective to it and it's like who's somebody somebody's wrong put it that way in in regards to the perspective on it and i think like as more knowledge gets out there information facts things like that I'm, it's like honestly like i said not every, okay i'm not saying everybody should uh use cannabis but it should be an option for people to use put it that way especially whenever you look at say alcohol or tobacco or anything like that 
it, just because it's legal doesn't mean everyone has to use it. But I mean, it's there as an option. And I think if you use anything responsibly, but especially cannabis, I mean, studies show there's, it can't kill you. There's no really negative effects other than you might have, if you smoke it all day, every day, some people might get a lack of motivation or something like that, but it's not detrimental to your health or anything like that. But just the law enforcement, it's, it's funny. The, just lack of uh, consistency from the west to the east, and uh, you've obviously got to see that firsthand for yourself, but I've been out to California and actually Colorado as well, and it's funny because like, going out there, you think it's going to be just looked at the same as it is on the east, like kind of, it's it's a massive deal, but I went out there, I honestly couldn't, didn't even realize, uh, you wouldn't even know that it's legal, put it that way, it's not like people are out smoking on the on the street about just just people smoking everywhere, I mean yeah, a great majority of people I'm sure do use it, but it's not as flamboyant as I thought it was going to be, and that's kind of the one yeah. thing that really stuck or stood out to me it's like oh okay it's legal but it's such a small part of people's lives it's not like it, everybody's smoking all day every day put it that way there yeah not not at all and it's just i don't know that's the that was the one thing that really i remembered from from colorado and uh in california now the one thing i did notice too is the quality uh in in those places is i i think it's exceedingly uh exceedingly stronger more potent than it is out east for the as a general rule of thumb put it that way would you would you agree do you want to elaborate a little bit maybe about the quality compared to the east to the west yeah absolutely i would say um i would say i I mean obviously overall the quality is going to be better in california but i think now the pa is legalized in marijuana they have they have a lot of company the same companies from California that actually have uh, plants and machinery and stuff in Pennsylvania, and so they have their products available in PA dispensaries, and they're about twice as expensive, but it's virtually the same product as the one in California. So overall, in quality, I think. They're not too far off, but the price points are completely different. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. It's it's amazing kind yeah. of how, I guess, with with everything, but it seems the West uh, trailblazes or is like the first one to it in many things. I'm just thinking like vaping, for example. I remember we've talked about this before, but like vaping made its way – east a long time after it was it was prevalent out west i know when it was just getting quote unquote big in the east you you were talking about how it was already a big deal kind of years years ahead of that why do you think that is that things trailblaze in the west and then and then make it make their way east i really couldn't tell you honestly like i think uh california is definitely a special state just because of how many people live here Mm -hmm. and the amount of money here it always seems like all the startup companies in here and stuff like that there's always been there's always new shit being produced in california so that could be a reason but i don't really know yeah no that's just do, do you notice that though how like most things I, i'm just thinking cannabis and uh and vaping for example like it seems to start out west and then make its way to the to the central part of the United States and the East as well, too. It's just interesting how it uh, yeah. how, how that works, and I, I don't know the exact science behind yeah. it. I, I don't know if it's more because maybe California is a little bit, uh, I guess, maybe a little more just 
kind of freewheeling, if you will, or, or willing to it, kind it of test the, the waters? It could be the fact that California is somewhat glorified too to anyone that's never been there, didn't grow up there. Mm, they, okay. have cert- they have a certain perception of, of California that may or may not be true. Yeah, right, right, right. And that's it kind of ties back into visiting Cali. It, the my the image of my and I had in my head of California was kind of different than than what it actually really was. I one thing I did notice about that's California is just people are People are really nice there, and everybody keeps to themselves, but they are also willing to say, give you a hello whenever you walk by them on the street. It's kind of the balance between very independent and then also very just uh, just giving and, and selfless as well, too. Yeah, you must have been in a good area because uh, I haven't experienced too much of that, but um, oh. for the most part. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's, part, that's funny, though. I, I guess everywhere is a little bit different. I think East Coast. East Coast places, for the most part, have way cooler people, but there is there is some parts of California where you, you do got some good people, but there's also a lot of there's a lot of arrogant scumbags here too, for sure. Okay, okay, yeah, right, right, right. That's that's funny how like the the new places seem always maybe the the latest and greatest, but I mean, I may have been I was in San Francisco, so that if I traveled maybe. 30 miles north or 30 miles south, I may have been in a, a not not as pleasant place. And, and maybe vice versa for you, too. San but Francisco. Okay. Okay. Is that pretty pretty quality? <laughs> quality. I know, I, know the, I know the marijuana was quality there, put it that way. Now, let me ask you a question, uh, Hawk. Do you think cannabis is a gateway drug? Uh, no, I don't. And at the end of the day, yeah, there's people – what the teachers and everyone is going to tell you is that it is a gateway drug, but the way they're going to describe it is only going to happen to a very small percentage of people. So I think, yes, there's people that could do no drugs, start smoking weed, and then potentially get into heavier drugs, more dangerous drugs. It's definitely going to happen, but it's... It's nowhere near the amount of people that they make it out to be. I think it's I think it's a really small percentage that actually ends up getting addicted to heavier drugs. Okay, okay. I think that's fair. I agree because, I mean, like, obviously, I think more people use cannabis than people even realize. So, I mean, statistically, it might happen to show that, okay, people who move on to heavier <laughs> drugs may have also smoked marijuana. But correlation doesn't mean causation always, I, I think, in that sense. I think the mindset going into why somebody uses a uh, uh, cannabis or, or any sort of substance is is a big outcome of if they, say, want to – if they have that crave or chase to, to chase the high, if you will. Like personally, I use cannabis medicinally. I use it as kind of just as part of a, a lifestyle. It's not like I crave it all day or anything like that. It's just – it's the perspective I think going in. But I think some people do view it as a drug and as a somewhat of a getaway, I guess, from life of sorts. And then once that that just, I guess, I, I don't even look at cannabis as, as being high. I look at more as being kind of elevated or, or just in a different state of mind. But I think people crave that, that high or getaway from life. And at a certain point, I think that's when people move on to, say, pills or just different heavier drugs but the thing is whenever that with that mindset it's just an endless chase nothing's going to be able to fulfill or fill that void for for said person and i think honestly if you talk about gateway drugs i think 
caffeine is is the biggest gateway drug. Caffeine and sugar is the earliest drug we're all introduced to, whether it's through coffee or Coca-Cola. I think if you're going to talk about gateway drugs, that I think Coca-Cola or uh, coffee would be a uh, better gateway drug because both of them are highly addictive as well, too. Cannabis, at least, is not physically addictive. I mean, obviously, it might be a little mentally you want to – want to feel a certain type of way but it's it's scientifically proven it's not physically addictive yeah 100 percent. and the, the reality is the biggest the biggest toxins around us are shit we use on our daily lifestyle our phones tvs computers eating junk food drinking coca-cola that's that's so far worse than smoking some weed or even drinking a beer or whatever like People don't really realize how damaging our reality has become apart from the drugs that are involved with us. Okay. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's, we just get so kind of isolated in a toxic environment. But honestly, like you said, not much – honestly, not much good really comes out of television or, or phones. I mean there's a lot of good with social Absolutely. media to, to kind of change the topic, but there's – there's more, I think, b- bad than good because it, it turns into that chase. That it, it's the mentality going in. I think to using anything, cannabis, cannabis, but even even TV or social media. If you use social media as a getaway from reality, or TV as a getaway from reality, I, I don't it's think that's personal. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And so I few. Uh, few episodes ago we uh we talked about different consumption methods of cannabis so we went through like bongs joints vaporizers edibles topicals things like that so asking a uh, a veteran in the in the world of cannabis what uh what's your uh, personal obviously it is a little bit situational and subjective but what's your personal favorite consumption method so if you had to use one uh, method the rest of your life what would it be and uh and why the, wow. the million dollar one question. <laughs> one method, the rest of my life. Yep. All right. Well, so my perspective changed on this for sure. Um, when I was first smoking, I was using a pipe, and obviously, it's it's like usually the first way people smoke, if not a blunt, but it's usually pretty harsh on your throat. Sure. So I was I was like, fuck this. All right, like I need a bong. And so I got really into bongs, and I just, I thought I was just going to smoke bongs the rest of my life. I just fucking, I loved everything about bongs. You just, I just thought you got the highest. It was just quick, easy, got high super quick. Like, I just thought it was the best. Right, right. And as the years went on, I'm 22 now. My, like, I don't really like smoking herb as much out of bongs because it really hurts my throat for some reason. And so I can't really I can't really take the bong loads that I used to when I was younger. So I'm a big uh, I'm a big wax guy now. I take lots of dabs. So I'm gonna say if I had to do one forever, it would be uh dabbing out of a rig probably. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I respect that. I respect that. That's good. So, yeah, I mean that's the thing that you know, discussed in the episodes like Everywhere or every method's really going to get you to a similar destination. It's just a matter of how you how you get there. And I think I, I honestly can't. I, I'm a big honestly. If you're going for a, for a hike or something like that, edibles, in my perspective at least, are one of the. Uh, it, it's just a whole different experience. If if it's a longer like full day, obviously the experience of actually uh, indulging is a lot different. But the the effect, I don't know something about it. The way it digests in. Uh, in my digestive system, it uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it gives me a thumbs up. But like I said, it's like it's like asking uh, who you love your more your who you love more your mom or your dad. It's always a tough question. But I, I'm glad you glad you gave a gave a good response there with with wax. That's interesting. Now, when did you notice? Uh, when did wax really become prevalent in in your life or, or anyone's lives? Do you, do you remember? Uh, I wouldn't like the first dab I ever took. I was probably 16 and. My whole perception on them was just that they fucked you up and they were just, like, way stronger than, like, just hitting regular herb. And I remember just, like, feeling like floating in space every time I took one when I was younger. But I didn't really smoke and I dive till um, about two years ago when I was around 20. And I basically started smoking wax when I realized um, how many different great companies were in LA that offered it for a cheap price. Okay. And cause I found that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the bud prices would be well over $50 an eighth, but you could get grams of wax for 40. So I always figured that I could make a gram of wax last longer than a $50 eighth of bud. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. No, that's a, that's a valid, valid reasoning behind that because obviously, I mean, most people are on a, are on a budget. And when you look at kind of how much, how long wax lasts compared to herb, I think if you use wax properly and, and don't overindulge in it, I think it's the, the most cost effective option personally, at least. But I mean, there are people out there that take just massive kind of really at a certain point, if you take too big of a dab, it's really a waste at, at a certain point. So I think if you use it yeah. properly or accordingly, I think it is probably the most cost-effective way. I guess that could be – people can overuse er, dry herb as well too. People can overuse really anything. But I guess if you, you keep the constant as a, as the kind of least possible usage, I, I think wax – I think wax is most cost-effective to be honest with you there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because when I do – when I do buy herb, I don't buy it from a legal dispenser. I buy it from a black market dispenser because they got cheaper prices and fresher bud. Interesting. So, are there are there are there black market dispensaries out there? Absolutely. They've they've been around since since the medical dispensaries have been here, and they just they're pretty much just look like any. They just they look like any other rundown building with no one in it. Usually blacked out windows, no ti- no signing, no signs or anything, no nothing, no titles, and it's just kind of one of those places where if you know it's there, you know it's there, and you just walk in, and it's just like a regular dispensary, but it's not legal. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. So we're getting getting towards the uh, the end of the road here. One one final one final question here, Rock. I would love to have you back on the back on the podcast, the World of Cannabis, in the future. I hope, you, hope you'd like to join us. But the last question, last thing we're going to talk about today is, so it's kind of a two part two part thing. So where do you hope cannabis will be federally in five years, and then where do you actually think it will be in five years federally across the United States? Federally, in the next five years, I think ho- hopefully we'll see half of the U.S. legalized. That's what I that's what I want to see. And realistically, I think we 
you could hit it like realistically. I, I think I think we could get we could see half the U.S. league lives within the next five years. I think it'd be it probably. Wait, wait, say that last part again. You're kind of, you kind of cut out a little bit. Our service was a little bit messed up. You said it probably will be, you said probably, probably half the states you think are going to be, uh, going to be legal in the next five years. I think, I think half the states will be, but to say higher than that percentage, it's going to be a question. Okay. Okay. Where now? Obviously, where do you uh, where do you hope it will? Be? Is that where you hope, or where do you think? Is that where you think it will be? Then, obviously, I think. Uh, ho- <laughs> hopefully, I mean, uh, of course, the the country. I want to see the whole country get legalized, but realistically, I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, it's just one of those things you can't really predict it. Yeah, right, right, right. I think my, my perspective on it, at least it originally a few years ago, I thought like, oh, okay, the federal uh, government is just going to snap their fingers. But honestly, I think they're really letting the states duke it out. And then uh, there's really – it's a win-win situation for them if they let the states duke it out and the state-by-state state kind of uh, legalize cannabis both medicinally and recreationally there. But I think I'd honestly – I'd probably agree with you on the on the half the states. I think once it gets to a certain point, the federal government might step in. And say, okay, we're gonna. We've kind of seen our test trials in the states. Now we're gonna get our hands in the pockets, if you will. But uh, I guess, I guess time will tell. It's all really speculative at this point here. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think the same. Well, Hawk, appreciate it. Glad we, uh, glad we got to do this here. Like I said, I'd love to have you back. It's good, good uh, catching up with you. I haven't talked to you in a little while, but. Uh, Thank you, Tyler Hawk, for joining us on the World of Cannabis podcast today, East vs. West, Disparity of Cannabis Across the U.S. Uh, I want to thank all the listeners, too, as well, for uh, joining us. You, like I said, you guys always, you, the World of Cannabis wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for all the listeners out there. For, so thank you, guys. Share this. Uh, download it. Uh, go to theworldofcannabis.org to uh, listen to this podcast as well as read some blog posts about different recipes, things like that. Check us out on Instagram at the world of cannabis. Uh, like I said, like, subscribe, share, get this message out to the world. I think I'll, Tyler added a lot of a uh, lot of value in this episode today. But uh, until next time, enjoy the world of cannabis.